When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, October 14th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm a sickly Adam Kaufman, and episode 284 featuring the Boston Globe's Adam Himmelsbach is brought to you by Casper. Go to casper.com slash Celtics, use the promo code Celtics to get $50 off select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show also brought to you by 1 in 100. Log on to onein100.co and get a free raffle ticket when you sign up. Feeling lucky? Give it a shot today. All right, it's here. Last show before the start of the regular season. Finally, action tips off Tuesday with the Celtics home against the Sixers. I know a match everybody is obviously looking forward to, especially after last year's postseason. And now, sees being healthy. There are a zillion things to talk about. I'm ready to watch some basketball that matters again. I imagine Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe, you are as well. Yeah, man, no more fake games. Uh, it's crazy <laughs> to me. I was talking about that the other day. Like, just as recently as like three years ago, Celtics played like eight preseason games. Can right. you imagine like doubling up? I mean, it's our four already feels like way too much. Could you imagine twice as many as this? It'd just well, be brutal. I, I know at the one of the recent media avails, Brad was asked, you know, do you like more preseason games than four? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, he was pretty uh, authoritative in that. And the one thing they the Celtics were kind of caught off guard by, which scheduling is always so weird is how they have this big gap like there's still teams playing preseason games now they of course haven't played since saturday but like friday night teams are still playing in the preseason but there was definitely front loaded i'm guessing just for a tv type of thing but it gives them like a second training camp gave gives them a chance to kind of regroup not be on any plane flights and things like that and kind of focus on this game Tuesday. Well, and they'll probably, I would imagine, prefer having the that week, 10 days, whatever it was, to just kind of go through and practice and regroup and learn from everything that kind of generally went poorly in camp versus things that, you know, <laughs> had 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 it been the reverse where, you know, you practice for two weeks and then you have that and then you got to basically limp into the regular season with like two days between your last preseason game and the start of the regular season. But I'll, I'll save that because we're going to jump into a lot of that. Just a big picture thing that I was kind of thinking about. And I'm really curious as to your perspective, just as as a beat guy, as a writer, someone who breaks a lot of stories, does a lot of long, deep dives, profiles, is it weird sort of where the team has come from when... How many years have you been on, on this beat now? Uh, I got here midway through... I got here January... I tell the exact date, Adam, because there was a blizzard the next day. January <laughs> of 20, course there was. 20, 2015, during the brutal winter. So it was the year that they made the playoffs about whatever, a month or not even a month after I got here, they traded for Isaiah Thomas. So it was midway through that season. They had a losing record at the time. Then they made that run at the end to sneak into the playoffs and play Cleveland. All right. So they were pretty well into this rebuild when you got here. It wasn't like when Brad first arrived in the Nets trade, but still a long way to go to get to where they are now from where they were when you arrived. Is it strange kind of that, you know, at that point in time, they were still up and coming, like you said, losing record before the IT trade, 
to now where they're picked to go to the NBA Finals, maybe by some to even knock off the Warriors for people that are dreaming big, but just the fact they're even in that conversation, that with social media and media outlets being what they are, there's C's-related content everywhere. It's not like there there are sort of fun little secret anymore. There's Everybody has something to say about this team. Is that strange as a journalist, or is that just sort of come with the territory of covering a winner? Yeah, I'm not sure it's, like, strange. It's just uh, kind of surprising how quickly it happened. If you had told me then, when I think they were, like, I don't know, 26 and 40 or something like that at that time um, when I got here, like, that in whatever, three years, they were going to have been to the back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals and be a hands-down favorite to reach the NBA Finals. I would have thought that was probably a little ridiculous given <laughs> the construct of the team. But, look, they've they've hit on some of their draft picks. They've brought in big signings. And it doesn't. the thing with the NBA is it only takes a few guys. You know, you can turn – like you, you see college basketball, it's kind of the same thing. A team will be horrible. One good recruiting class, and all of a sudden you're kind of back elite again. Mm. And they've done it really – kind of methodically really it's like every year they put a couple more building blocks in a couple more building blocks and now you saw finally a, a quiet summer where they're kind of like all right like of course we're always looking to upgrade but we like where we are right now let's see let's throw the ball out and see where this team is so celtics hosted their annual tip-off gala thursday you were there with Grossbeck, co-owner was asked about Kyrie Irving's very public plan so far to re-sign in Boston next summer. This is what Wick said. Everything I learn about him and every connection that is made is authentic. He is a genuine, uh, you know, he's a true Celtic, basically, um, and a great person. And I'm really honored that he will plan to consider us next summer. All right, so Adam, what's he mean plan to consider? I thought this was a done deal. No, Wick's just being cautious because, you know, it's not, July 1st yet. He, I think everyone in the front office is cautious in their statements. Um, they're not like negotiating. They know he's still going to be a free agent. They know he can change his mind. But they, they're they confident he's coming back. He's confident he's coming back. I, I wouldn't worry too much about kind of the way Wick's wording anything or the way Danny might word something down the road during this season. Uh, Kyrie's he couldn't, he couldn't have been any more emphatic uh, in the way he announced that he's coming back to do it so publicly um, and kind of so soon, I guess, mm-hmm. to make it very, very clear. If if he can change his mind, right? Like like crazier things have happened, but <laughs> it'd be it'd be a hell of a thing to walk back. Yeah, it would be one of the wilder things to walk back that we've seen. But we've seen crazy things in sports. But I, I'm I mean I think they're pretty confident that it's not going to happen. He just didn't want to get into it at this point because technically it's not free agency right now. So to me, biggest story of the, of the last week or so, Brian Robb, he was on the show last week, and he was the first to report that the C's are in talks with Terry Rozier about a contract extension. We know Danny Ainge has come out and, and confirmed that. Terry's talked about it as well. The deadline to strike a new deal, though, is Monday. I don't believe there's any chance that happens. How about you? Yeah, I mean, again, I never like to say any because with the— <laughs> If you said, is there any chance they're going to trade Isaiah Thomas in a back for Kyrie Irving, I would have said no chance. That's yeah, I, I felt the same happen. too, yeah. But, 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 yeah, for the most part, it just doesn't make a ton of sense, really, for either side, but especially Terry right now. You know, looking, A, with Kyrie saying he's coming back has to factor in. You know, Terry has shown he can be an NBA starting point guard, and if, you know, you sign an extension right now, you're basically saying, all right, I'm down to be a backup for however many years to come. Um, and he, you know, he has a big year ahead of him and, and a big summer. He said last night he talked about it at the gala a little bit. We asked him, and he was pretty candid considering the situation. He said, look, you know, if it doesn't get worked out, he was, if it makes sense for me and it makes sense for them, we'll do it. But if it doesn't, you know, we've got this season and we've got this summer to try to figure things out. 
in a year from now, you might have a better sense on kind of where things stand. Yeah, and, and to your points, it, to me, it, I, I'm just frankly a little surprised the dialogue is even taking place, unless it's just kind of a courtesy on the part of both sides, I guess. Because as you said, yeah, that's as, what the Celtics do, though. Like, right. you know, especially a player that they like. It's not like like they weren't having conversations with James Young, you know, but right. like a player they like, they're interested in, you know, and they're always going to explore and see, you know, what kind like even just exploratory conversations, that's kind of their move. Like people always get worked up when they hear about them being linked to somebody in a trade. Like mm. I say this a million times. I'm like, when a good player is available, the Celtics are going to make a call. You know, that's what they do. Um, and I'm sure they're just like doing the due diligence here with Terry as well. Well, B-Rob's view, and, and I agree, maybe you shared as well, is that re-upping Rozier, if it happens, be it in the next couple of days or a year from now when he's a restricted free agent, likely means dealing Mark is smart. Is there any scenario that ownership decides to pay and keep all three of these guys it would be surprising and it would be surprising you know for a lot of reasons but most likely like look Jalen brown's gonna have a big payday coming jason tatum's gonna have a big payday coming before you know it like time flies around here um you know you've got Kyrie that you assume is gonna be locked up for a, a long-term deal like with and and cpac luca have made it clear like look we're gonna pay into the tax but to have that many especially like you know marcus Marcus is so really, really, really valuable to this team, right? Marcus Smart. Um, but ultimately, like, to have that many guards fighting for that many minutes, paying him that much money, wouldn't make a ton of sense. We'll get right back to Adam. I want to tell you, today's episode brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best sleep one night at a time. You spend one-third of your life sleeping. Why be uncomfortable? Casper products are designed with you in mind. Everything they make supports any type of body. Not sure what mattress is right for you? Well, start with the original Casper. With over 20,000 reviews, it's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. The Casper is equipped with multiple supportive memory foams, and it regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And Casper sells more than mattresses. They also sell sheets and pillows to ensure a better overall sleep experience. And they do it all at affordable prices because they sell directly to you. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. You don't like it? No sweat. Free shipping and returns to customers in the U.S. and Canada. What are you waiting for? Get $50 off select mattresses by going to casper.com slash Celtics and using the promo code Celtics at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Another fun story recently, one that I, I know that you don't really care for as a real journalist versus a hot take oh, guy. Oh, yeah, here well, we go. We, we got to get it out of the way, and then we'll get to the other stuff, but we got to mention it because our pal, a guy like you, you like to harass all the time on social media, Jay King, reported that Irving has been talking with Anthony Davis, maybe trying to sell him on Boston down the line. Now, we know the C's can't deal for Davis right now, or until next summer for that matter, because of the stupid Rose rule. Currently, I don't even think Davis is available. But have you heard anything about recruitment conversations? Jay's my guy. You know, I'm not going to bash any of his reports. All I can say is that I don't see any imminent or even not even beyond imminent. Any situation right now where the Celtics are going to be acquiring Anthony Davis. Chris Sheridan wrote a story about how the Celtics are favorites to land Davis. Is this stuff just generally, is this stuff just noise to you? Yeah, I mean, look. Again, the Celtics are in a position where, for the foreseeable future, right, if they had this, like, aging core and you kind of said, all right, this is their year to go for it, and if they don't want it this year, sort of, like, they're going for it this year, and Wick talked about it even at the gala. He's like, look, I want to be sustained. And, and they're in position with Jason Tatum, with Jalen Brown, like, Kyrie's 26 years old, where they are in position to have a team that can contend in the long run. When that happens and 
you know, you have a star like Anthony Davis who could become available someday, or he's going to become a, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in a few years if he doesn't sign like a supermax. There's going to be connections. There's going to be conversations. It's what we do. So it, it's like logical on that level, right? If you tell me, hey, is Anthony Davis more likely to be a Celtic than play for the Orlando Magic? I'd say absolutely, given these situations. Mm. But there's nothing in the in the short term that signifies, like you said, New Orleans is looking to trade him, that he has an interest to leave New Orleans. My guess is that Anthony Davis and his buddy, like Kyrie and Anthony Davis are on Team USA. They talk like they're friends. Okay, like but to, to take that so next level, I mean, Kyrie Irving is not the Celtics general manager. Anthony Davis is not the Pelicans general manager. Like, there's, a, <laughs> there's just a lot going on, um, or a lot of levels to it, I guess I should say. I do appreciate and respect your desire to not be a headline on this topic because of how crazy things do get, obviously, whenever we're I talking about I come on here. Yeah, I, I, think, I think one time, actually, before the trade deadline, I, I even said to you, I'm like, all right, how soon till we get to like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins or something like that? You might have, but I think we saved it to the end that time at least. This time, all right, <laughs> let's, let's focus on the, the team as it stands because it's a freaking good one. NBA season upon us. Tuesday tip-off at the Garden against the Sixers, as I mentioned. Uh, opposite Game 3 between the Red Sox and Astros ALCS, which is awesome. Uh, did anything that you saw during a 1-3 and three preseason alter your expectations for this season? Uh, that's a good question. I, so people have asked me that a lot, like, oh, are they in trouble or whatever. And, and I'm, I'm generally of the view that preseason doesn't mean anything. And talking to the players themselves, they even when Brad was upset, players had a similar view they're like look like we know deep like of course we want to play hard play better but we know these games do not count we're playing against a team like the Cavs a bunch of young players who are out there trying to prove themselves already which you know you respect but it's not the, the position the Celtics are in the one thing that has been a little concerning and so I don't want to say surprising because you just never know how someone's going to recover but I think it's fair to have some concern is Gordon Hayward because he has not looked like an all-star right now Look, and, he, and he'll he'll tell you as much. Like, like he'll tell you, like, I know I'm not quite there yet. Obviously, his back was bothering him a little bit. And not, not only is he recovering from this ankle injury, he's recovering from not playing basketball for an entire year. So it might just be that he's going to get some cobwebs off from that. Within a couple of weeks, you know, he gets his win back and he's totally fine. He looks like Gordon, but right now he doesn't. And that's the one thing you just have to. You're, and you're unsure. I'm sure he is unsure of it too. Like he would love to snap his fingers and look like All Star Gordon again, but I don't think he's quite sure when it's going to come back either. On that note, I mean, you're not inside his body. All you can do is obviously, you know, share your feelings on what you've seen from him and what he has personally articulated. But where do you think he is physically compared to where he needs to be? I mean, what's the best way to manage him right now? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's really without, like you said, without being him. Like, I don't know what like we didn't. I didn't realize his back was bothering him until the other day. And he told us that was something that had been kind of lingering for a little bit. Um, it's hard to say. But, you know, he's he's coming along. Like, if you... If you think about how far he's come and what he was doing, like one year ago, you know, even a month after his injury to to this point, like it's pretty remarkable, really, if you think about it. And he still has his, you know, his shot looks good still in practice. Like he's still got like even the preseason games, his passing's been great, but he's just not quite himself. He do, it doesn't look like he has that explosiveness just yet. It could again, it could literally come back a week from now. He could also be, like, it wouldn't stun me if during these preseason games he was feeling it out a little bit and the, the real games start and he takes it up another notch, knowing, like, all right, I'm going to give this a run here. I'm going to rev it up a little bit. On the whole with those preseason games, the and, and a lot of people have been saying it, you as well, that 
you know, it was it was uninspiring. There was a lack of passion, a lack of chemistry. Obviously, a lack of continuity comes into play because regulars were not always out there. And I don't even mean in terms of minutes. Gordon missed a game. Kyrie missed a couple. Al missed one. Marcus missed one. Was there something bigger missing than all of that, though? Yeah, I don't think. Again, like I don't, I don't read too much into those games. Like, like I know the NFL is a different sport, but how many times have the Browns gone like four and zero in the preseason, and then <laughs> sure. gone like own sixteen, and yep. then whatever the Patriots will go like one and three in the preseason, and then beat the Patriots? Uh, I, I don't. I really don't think fans should be concerned when the stars are out there. Were they great? No. Like they had that one good quarter against Charlotte, and then they kind of struggled. If this lingers into the season, if they you know can't find their rhythm and blah blah blah, then maybe we'll look back and say that was an indicator. But I'm just not of the belief that you can take a lot from games that don't count. And players, again, we're talking about it. They're they're very aware these games don't count. And this is a team that's been in the Eastern Conference Finals in two years and is thinking about going to the NBA Finals. When these real games start, when the TNT cameras are there, I think they're going to be a different team than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Tommy Heinsohn on uh, NBC Sports Boston after I think it was the fourth, it would have been the fourth and final preseason game. He had a just a great line about how the first quarter of the preseason they looked like they could beat the Warriors in the finals, and by the end they looked like they couldn't beat the eighth grade. <laughs> it was, it, it's you know, it, it sort of felt about right. This though is what Brad Stevens had uh, to say about last year's success versus where they are now. We did a lot of good things last year, um, but we didn't do what we all want to do. That's the end of the day. So um, we got a lot of pats on the back for coming close, which is, you know, unfortunately I've been a part of teams like that before, and um, that doesn't always help you at the start of the season. And um, I think that uh, we need to look at more how we can play now and worry less about how good or how we haven't played well um, in the last couple weeks or how good we played at the end of last season. You can always find Celtics practice, post-game, pre-game, whatever sound on the CLNS YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe. But, uh, Adam, the just as a, a bigger question, ignoring what we saw in the preseason on a game-to-game level or even on the whole, this is a question I, I think has been asked a fair amount, which is based on all the comments. The Like you said, this is a group that believes uh, very much in itself, that it can go out, that it can compete, maybe even beat the Warriors. Guys were talking about it all throughout uh, media day availability. Do you think there's this group is at all too high on itself because Brad Stevens, he will always caution against that. He doesn't believe in the press clippings, but what about the players? So I think that is one concern of Brad's and he's voiced it to us already kind of send that message out. And it's certainly possible when you have a young team like this, like we've seen it. I mean, you talked earlier about like the media exposure and everything like that. Like the first week of practice, I'd never seen that many national outlets at practice. We are seeing like Jason Tatum on the cover of Slam magazine, all these big with, features with the Nelly Band-Aid. Out these guys. Yeah, this Nelly Band-Aid, you know, as a second year player, like Terry Rozier having like it feels like Terry's like a superstar now with like the exposure he gets from uh, whatever from scary Terry to being like a Puma face like as a backup point guard. Like there's there's no question for some of these younger guys there's gonna be a, a little bit of a test um to see how they handle when things don't go as well, because you're right. I think they are. And it's okay to like hear this hype, I think, and get hyped about it, you know, like, all right, we do have a final team, but to, if you do that and, and let up, then problems could arise. And I think Brad's already aware of that based on a couple of these preseason struggles and it has some concerns, not that it will linger, but like, all right, let me nip this in the bud right now and just make sure guys aren't too high on themselves. Cause if they are, they will hit, 
you'll hear Brad say it. He said it before. He'll say it again. His line is, if, you know, if something, something, we'll get our butts kicked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the NBA. These are, there's 29 other really good teams with 15 really good players on them. If, you know, if we believe hype, if we don't give our effort, if we this, 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 we will lose. And we have to understand that. So maybe they they come out, they take it to another level, they they just they're they're full go and then some, and they're everything we thought they were going to be in the preseason in that first game under the national primetime exposure and TNT, whatever the hell the first game is on. But how long do you think it takes to to sort of flip the switch if they can even do it? How long does it take a, a new group to mesh together when you factor in that you know they were a very different team and a successful team? come Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year than what they're going to be opening night because they're adding two All-Stars, but uh, two guys that weren't with them for throughout, well, Hayward all year and uh, Irving the last quarter of the year. Yeah, I think the biggest part, again, is going gonna, is gonna to be Gordon. Like, people forget Kyrie did play 60 games last year, you know? Like, this is about as intact as the Celtics team has been. These guys are pretty familiar with each other, pretty much top to bottom, other than Gordon Hayward. Um, we saw when they brought four guys back last year and had an entirely new team, but still looked pretty good. I don't think that's a big concern. Um, meshing Hayward, like, and Hayward isn't the kind of guy either. Like he's a guy when he's right, he's so easy to play with. He can do so many things other guys can't do. He can pass, he can penetrate, he can shoot. Like he's kind of like a dream guy you want out on the court with you. One other thing about Hayward, I think we were talking earlier about some of these younger guys, is Jalen Brown did have an interesting comment earlier this preseason um, when he said, look, uh, him, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward kind of play the same position. You know, and I know Brad's saying it's positionless basketball, but ultimately mm. they're like six, seven wings, especially now that Jalen Brown's developed his three-point shot more. Uh, and he goes, and, that, and that's been a little bit of an adjustment for us figuring out you know, where to figure spots because they're going to be – starting the games together, and they're all three going to be on the floor together. And I think that has been a little bit of an adjustment for them this preseason. You know, there's going to be times where one of them's on the court and the other two aren't, or two of them are and the other aren't, you know, whatever. But I think that's something they are working through a little bit right now. So looking at this group on the whole, what's the biggest strength of the C's team as you see it right now? I mean, they've got a lot of strengths, really. Like, But the first thing you look at is depth. Second thing you look at is versatility. Third thing, and I'm not saying these things in order, but these are three, like one, two, or three. Sure. Third thing, they've got stars. Like in the NBA, you need stars, and right now you've got three legitimate all stars. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't think Jason Tatum is going to be an all star at some point. And how many teams have that? There are not many teams that have that. And then to bring guys off the bench who have now proven themselves as like capable starting type players during high-intensity playoff games. like there's, They're really stocked pretty good right now. I think that's what fans are so excited about. How about the biggest weakness on a team that doesn't have many? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, no no, like direct weakness comes directly to mind. Like, you know, their defense was the best defense in the NBA. You know, you would say, like, three-point shooting can always improve, and I think they're going to take more threes even this year than they did last year. <laughs> Scary but thought. Guys are improving there, like, Like, Jalen shot 40% from three last year. You know, you want to see Jason Tatum get a little more comfortable taking more threes, higher volume. But I think that's going to be a big part of their game. Like, Hayward shot 40% his last year in Utah, but prior to that wasn't really much of a three-point shooter. I think that's going to be, you know, just a huge part of of their success overall. Not to mention, of course, their best knockdown shooter, Aaron Baines. (laughs) It's true. He's getting more and more comfortable by the day. All right, well, since this is the last show before the season actually begins – 
Let's uh, just be two Adams having a good time. Let's do some predictions because it doesn't matter. Nobody will remember what we said come the uh, the end of the regular season anyway. How many yeah, games? Wrong in all of them. I'm that, excited. But that's hey, that's totally fine. You know, you should see some of the stuff I wrote before last year. Um, how many games for Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward? Like to, to play in the regular season? Yeah, barring injury, obviously. But assuming health, how many games do you think they'll play in? Yeah, that's a good I would say a little more for Kyrie. Kyrie looks great. Like, there's no, if you watch him right now, you'd have no idea that he missed the last 20 games of our season in the playoffs with kind of a minor knee surgery. Um, he looks great. Uh, they're going to be cautious, especially early on. But I think the fact the NBA has kind of stretched the season out does help there if you were back to back. But I'll say for Kyrie, I don't know, 74 games. How about Hayward? Uh, Hayward, I think maybe a, a little bit less. I think they're going to look for opportunities maybe early on, especially to give him rest. And they look like, I mean, you saw it with the Warriors last year, like resting guys pretty frequently mm-hmm. saying, we don't care if we get the one seed. We're the Warriors, right? Like that's more important to us. Being healthy for the playoffs is more important to us than trying to win 73 games. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics take like a similar view, especially with a guy like Hayward. So I'll say 65 games for Gordon. So I believe the Vegas odds for uh, points per game, the over-under for Kyrie is set at 22.5. You like the over or the under there? That's that's like right about there. So normally I would say over, um, but just the fact that I feel like they might limit his minutes just a little bit, especially at the start, and that there's just so many guys who can score on this team, it might be right there. If you're forcing me to pick, I would say like, 23.1, so over by, <laughs> by a slim margin. What do you like for his minutes, by the way, since you brought that up? Yeah, I mean, his his minutes in Boston last year were the fewest he'd played in, in quite a long time. Um, you know, Cleveland, he played a lot. He played closer to like 35, 36. I think they'll keep him down, you know, right around 32. That He's always going to want to play more. Um, and, you know, that's something he brought up at times last year. But then he, Kyrie's also a guy who does value rest. You'll, he's one of the guys you'll see, like he's already – when they had a preseason game three days into the season, he goes like, "Thanks a lot, NBA." You know, and <laughs> when the grueling schedule comes up last or came up last year when they had all those games before London, he was very vocal about that. Like he's a guy who likes to take care of his body. He likes recharging. He likes rest. He's had some injuries in his career. You know, he's he'll tell you he's like an old twenty-six, as they say, just because how much kind of wear he has in his tires already. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I think there's a there's a balance there. Of course, he wants to be on the court, but he's also aware of the value of getting this rest. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy. I, I feel like Irving's going to be even closer to 30 than 32, just based on some of the what you outlined, but also the fact that they're just going to be that much more cautious with him. But we'll see. Uh, Hayward, I, I think, well, tell me what you think of Hayward. I think he could even come in at just based on uh, early on in the season, if, if he's around, I don't know, 25, 28, and then he ramps it up in the second half. I could see him averaging right around 28, 29, maybe 30, but not much more than that. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see his progression because I think you're right. I think especially at the start of the year, they'll be cautious um, and, and kind of keeping his minutes down, giving him a rest game here and there. I think 28 would be like pretty a pretty good guess, especially early on. If he's you know within a month being like old Gordon and, and has his game back and it's the season's rolling and they're making a run, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they ramp it up a little bit. But there's really – assuming they're playing well and assuming guys are finding the rhythm together in – you know, these bursts, it's not like you need to be out there for 36 minutes. Be like, oh, we could, we need the chemistry. We need Gordon out there for six more minutes. Like, they're thinking long-term. They're thinking playoffs from two guys who, especially in Gordon's case, are coming off um, a pretty significant injury. 
Hayward's over-under for points is uh, 18.5, which I think is a really interesting number based on those minutes, based on games, that sort of thing. Where do you land on that? Yeah, that, I mean, the thing is Vegas always knows way more than we do, Matt. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I, but if, I, if I'm guessing, again, That's all we're again doing. based on the earlier uh, part of the season where I think he's going to be a little bit slow out of the gate, I would say under, because that's how the average works. You know, a few games of seven or eight points means you've got to have a few games of 27, 28 later on. Uh, I think he might come in at like 16 or 17. So maybe I'm wrong. This right here is a number that I would actually hammer. Over-under for Kyrie for assists <laughs> is 5.5. Is if this group's healthy, I like that number a lot. I'd go above it. Yeah. Again, you, but you also you tell those minutes. If you think he's going to play twenty nine minutes a game, that's that's going to be like less opportunity. No, that's not true. Like a per thirty six minutes. To, um, but yeah, there's guys like if guys are shooting, if guys are making shots, like they're going to be. He's going to be spraying it out to the three point line pretty often this year, I think. If guys are hitting those threes, yeah, that number could get up pretty high some games. I love how reactionary this stuff is too. Like the uh, just early, you know, a couple days ago, the line was released for a lot of this stuff. Terry Rozier was seven point five points per game was the over under and people just started hammering that line to the to the point to the point where Vegas had to move it to 9.5 because that's just there's so so much money was going down you you start to see that on on some of this stuff um yeah, that's a pretty significant rise too from yeah, two, like two full points when you're at 7.5 well especially in like a day or in hours yeah. who do you think if if you're to guess because that's all we're doing um who, who, <laughs> I love the disclaimers you keep putting in yeah well every once and again who takes the most shots on this team? I mean, is it automatically Kyrie? I think it will be Kyrie just because it's Kyrie, but it's going to be really varied game by game. It, it's going to be like some games it's going to be Jalen Brown, some games going to be Jason Tatum, some days it's going to be based on matchups and how the game's going and who's resting. Like I think by the end of the year when you look up, it'll be Kyrie, but I don't think it'll be something where like every single night you look up and say, oh, Kyrie took the most shots tonight. All right, one last break to tell you today's show also brought to you by 1 in 100. And I'll be honest with you, even I had to look up what 1 in 100 is. So let me tell you about it. Let's say you wanted to go to the Celtics opening night. Process is in town. Hayward's back at the Garden. But tickets on the secondary market can get hilariously expensive. You want a more affordable way to go to the game? Give 1 in 100 a shot. All you do is log on to 1in100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N, the number 100.co. Click the game you want to go to and buy a raffle ticket for your chance to win a pair of tickets. The price of the raffle ticket, just one hundredth of the price of what 1 in 100 paid for the ticket. You still confused? Let's say 1 in 100 paid $1,000 for the pair. Your cost for a raffle ticket? 10 bucks. Only 100 people get to buy a raffle ticket. You have 1 in 100 chance to win the tickets. Yeah, it's that simple. This is the newest way to buy tickets to sporting events. The cost to potentially score some tickets is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. Score a pair of tickets for less than a cost of beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up. Just log on to oneein100.co. Feeling lucky? Give it a shot today. All right, let's get back to Adam. A constant conversation, I feel like, throughout the the offseason, all the hype that surrounds Jason Tatum, and it's, it's all deserved as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, that's that's looking forward and what he can become as a pro ultimately. I still think if this group is healthy, obviously he's he's not the number one scoring option. Maybe he will be on some nights, but in general he's not. He's won't even necessarily start every single game. So do you think statistically I think he's in, gonna start I think he'll start every single game if he's healthy. Like I don't see him ever really bring him off the bench unless okay. there's something wrong. Yeah, and, and he'll he'll absolutely start more often than not, and maybe you're right, maybe every single game he plays. But 
Uh, statistically, and I don't even remember off the top of my head what his numbers were last year, but statistically, do you think he's going to have a better or worse season than his rookie year? Yeah, it just depends on workload because he did. I mean, he had a pretty high usage rate last year due to these injuries. And look, when you had, let's say, Gordon's getting 30 minutes a game, let's say Kyrie's healthy the whole time, you know, there's going to be just fewer shots by nature than there were last year. And also, you would think teams are being a little more aware of Jason Tatum heading in this year. Like last year, of course, teams knew him, but it's going to take, it took a little time to adjust. Like, oh, look what this guy does. I think you'll see a little more teams to kind of game planning for Jason Tatum, which kind of was, became a new thing for them at the start of last season. Um, so I, 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 a lot of it's going to depend on matchups also, you know, like there's going to be times where he catches, catches hot. What I'd like to see him do and, and even in the preseason, he kind of wasn't doing it. It's still, he's still hesitating on that three sometimes. And they, they've had to harp on him about that. Like, look, when you are open for a three pointer, like you have one of the best shots in the NBA, we want you to take it. We don't want you to kind of dribble into a contested two where he's clearly a little more comfortable, but it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense from like an analytical standpoint. Doesn't make sense from like a, you're a really good three point shooter standpoint. Um, so I think that's going to be important for him to get to the point where he's not hesitating when he has that split second uh, beyond the arc to just kind of let it go. And, and ultimately it's going to be big success for him, I think. I'm very much on the record in believing that Robert Williams is going to spend half the year in the G League. How many games do you think he's going to play, though? Uh, play as in, like, make appearances for the Celtics or play as in, like, be on the roster? No, actually be in a game, even if it's for three minutes, but actually be yeah, in a game. Not very many. Um, not very many. I mean, Robert's pretty raw. They're excited about the things he can do, but he's he's pretty raw, and the team is just so deep they don't really have a need for him. Situation, I think that could change is, of course, injuries. Um, can make guys needed more quickly than you would have thought. And as we've seen, injuries um, can happen pretty suddenly. But I would say maybe like, I don't know, 15, 20 games. Do you think this will be the year that Brad Stevens finally gets that Coach of the Year award? Oh, it's lined up for him. You know, like uh, the fact that he hasn't gotten it, I thought he might get it last year. But it's kind of hard to argue against Dwayne Casey when a team finishes four games ahead of him. Um, People say, oh, but... You know, the Celtics didn't have Gordon Hayward. I'm like, okay, but that's it was like they never had him almost. Um, but certainly if they put together a big year and things kind of run smoothly and, you know, people always like when you overcome an obstacle or some obstacle that's put in front of them and Brad maneuvers them through it, it seems like, sure like his time, like he's kind of paid his dues, as you'd say, for coach of the year and um, would be in a position to get it. But you never know what's going to happen around some other team with some whatever, like the Pacers win 58 games or something like that. As you know, Adam, you can bet on everything, so this will be the last controversial thing that I ask you. This will be the last controversial thing. Will Terry Rozier make it through the season on Boston's roster? Uh, that's a good one. I'll say I'll say yes. I'll say that, like, ultimately, and, and Wick talked about this a little yesterday, it's, it's always tantalizing to think about the future and kind of what could be and what you're doing next. But they have a team right now that I think they believe is going to get to the NBA Finals, and could potentially challenge a Golden State or Houston in the NBA Finals. And I think Terry's going to be an important piece of that. And the idea of kind of losing him um, for most likely pieces, um, whatever, draft picks or something, then you lose a big part of this team that you're trying to get the NBA Finals with. So I think they kind of live in the now and keep Terry. But, again, we've seen Danny trade guys we never thought were going to get traded. And it would be logical, like, if you decide you're not going to keep him, it's certainly logical to keep to you know, look to deal him. But I'll say they kind of go for it this year with Terry. 
As you noted, Vegas knows more than we do. The over-under for this team is 58 and a half wins. What do you think? I've I've kind of been on the 58 train, so I guess technically I would say under then by that point five. I like over. Maybe I'm crazy, and not not by a lot. Like I think they'll I think they'll touch sixty, but uh, it's it, it is a good line. So what uh, what everybody is obviously thinking about and and fixated on and uh, downright salivating over is how far is this team going to go? You know, it, it, most people expect them to come out of the East. Some people think they can beat the Warriors or even will beat the Warriors. We've seen those hot takes out there as well. How far do you think this team goes? Yeah, I think they're going to the finals. Um... The the one X factor that I would like to see, and we'll get to see it pretty quick, is Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors. Um, the Raptors won 59 games last year, you know, and when Kawhi is healthy, he's a significant upgrade over DeMar DeRozan. The, they, the Raptors have a young core, too. Like, they had a just a dominant second unit filled with kind of like the Fred Van Vliet's of the world, and they finished four games ahead of the Celtics when Kyrie Irving played 60 games. Um, so if Kawhi is Kawhi, I think that could cause some problems. But still, I don't see a team that's really going to take them out in a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference. So the uh, the last little portion of this, I, I want to put out this last disclaimer, which is when you, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, when you go on TV and you participate in the you know over-under segments, that sort of thing, you have a little time to think about it, unlike what I'm doing with you here, just springing it upon you. you. You know, they send you the email, and here's what we're going to talk about, and you get to give it some thought, correct? No, no email or anything. Every night, like usually, it's uh, you're referring to. I don't know if you're going to plug the Boston Sports Tonight. Sure, but yeah, usually there's certainly no pre-warning. The only thing is, like sometimes right before we go on air, I'll be like, "All right, what are we asking?" And they'll say, "Oh, <laughs> over under talking win total." Okay, all right. But there is uh, maybe like thirty seconds of prep. All right. Well, I'm giving. I, I point that out simply to say that these next few questions, and then you'll be done. I'm giving you, you know, no <laughs> advance warning. You're just going to go. Um, league awards. Just curious where you're thinking right now. MVP. Who do you like? Oh gosh, you're <laughs> like I said. I'm springing it upon you. Uh, I mean, you could just go ah, Anthony Davis. Why not? I mean, who, who the hell knows? Yeah, but that's the thing. I hate just like just like naming some random dude. I was trying to think of like the kind of league scenarios. Like you never want to go away from LeBron, but if the Lakers win 42 games, let's be honest, or 44 games, let's be honest, like LeBron, that's just how it works. LeBron's probably not going to win MVP. I'll say Kevin Durant. I'll say he kind of gets. I'll say the Warriors again and Kevin Durant. All right, a Celtic won't be in this conversation, but Rookie of the Year. Oh, uh, I, I, it's kind of basic, but DeAndre and like from the basic or from the short preseason burst I've seen him, he looks like he can be a beast. And obviously, in Phoenix, he's going to play huge minutes too. Uh, defensive player of the, week, of the year, just because, I don't know, maybe a Celtic could be in that conversation, like a, a Horford. Uh, I'll spring one. I'll say people go comeback story with Kawhi, like Kawhi's old Kawhi again, and people are like, oh, we forgot how good this guy is, and he's kind of a key piece in the Raptors, and people feel like he's not going to be an MVP candidate, but we should reward him for something because he's really good on the Raptors. This might be a tricky one for a Celtic to win, although they have the talent. I just don't know if they'll have the minutes or the distribution or the usage. But six man of the year. Oh, Adam, I have no clue. I didn't know if you want. I, I didn't know if you wanted to say, oh, Terry or oh, Marcus. If, if sure, you, let's throw, let's throw Terry in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he thinks so anyway. He likes it. And uh, the the last one because we already touched on it. You said it's lined up for him anyway. You like Brad for coach of the year? Yeah, if I'm picking like if right now we're picking someone based on the situation of you know where teams are and the past uh, coaches of the year votes, which there is like, it's, it's a bunch of writers that vote for these things. And 
there are guys who say, yeah, I voted for this guy last year. It's this guy's turn. It does kind of feel like it's Brad's turn. Don't worry. I won't ask you, like, most improved player or something like that. <laughs> like How... sixth man of the year. <laughs> like, wow. I know. I've, I've, no, I bet there's never been a person who's correctly predicted sixth man of the year before the season started. I don't know. I, I bet some people have nailed, like, Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford just as, as uh, yeah, you know, guys that have done it before. Uh, and how much do you regret saying, yeah, I could do this show? Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, uh, like you said before we went on the air, the only good thing is it's not 7 a.m. Like, like your old show. So yeah, exactly. The extra couple hours of sleep. Well, that and I, I make it a point to only bug you every couple months or so. Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe, thank you very much, buddy. That was fun. All right, man. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the season, and we're never doing this again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And it was a great sport. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you did as well. I know the over-under stuff. It can be a little lazy uh, for a season preview show, but I also think it's something that, you know, it's it's stats, it's numbers, it's projections, it's scenarios that people spend a lot of time thinking about. At least I do. Maybe you do as well, so hopefully you enjoyed it. But, uh, again, this show featuring the Boston Globe's Adam Himmelsbach brought to you by Casper. Go to casper.com slash Celtics. Use the promo code CELTICS. To get $50 off select mattresses, terms and conditions apply. Today's show also brought to you by 1 in 100. Log on to onein100.co and get a free raffle ticket when you sign up. Feeling lucky? Give it a shot today. Thanks again to Adam, to everybody at CLNS. Most importantly, you, this is great. I just, I can't believe we're, we're finally here. It was a long summer. It was generally a quiet summer. And Celtics basketball tips off Tuesday night against the Sixers. Playoff rematch from last year, except this time, in some ways, I care a little bit more because everybody's healthy. And let's just hope the opener this time around and that the next show that we do this time next week is not talking about a season-ending injury to anyone, let alone an all-star. I, I think we can all agree on that. We want plenty of Geno nights throughout the season at the Garden, and I want to see Hayward scoring a whole boatload of points, Kyrie Irving as well. Let's do it. Let's have fun. On the hashtag Banner 18. <laughs>